Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Bibles up. Let's make our confession of faith together to the bottom of the screen. I'm ready to hear, then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new in Jesus' name. Amen. So God, have your way in the worship experience today. Speak to us with clarity. Speak to us with strength and speak to us with power. Father, we thank you that today there is no distraction. Come on, everybody say no distraction. There's nothing impeding us from hearing your word today. Give us the direction we need. Give us the answers we need. Give us the courage we need. Give us the clarity we need. And we will give you the glory forever and ever 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 and ever. Because you are amazing. It's in Jesus' name. Somebody say, I'm ready. Bishop's ready. Let's go. This is the last message in our series, Bad Boys. We've been using men from the Bible that had to fight enemies while simultaneously fighting their enemy. And we learned that we have to do both of those at the same time. And I need you to know you are graced to do it. You are graced to deal with your emotions and their attitude at the same time. Let's go. You are graced to deal with your internal struggles and struggle to advance what you're doing. I need you to stop putting progress on hold because you think that your problems are overwhelming. Your problems are not overwhelming. Your problems are actually qualifiers to make progress. I love it because Jesus, when he is now dealing with 
an inner situation because he's telling those closest to him he is getting ready to have to go to the cross and give up his life so that we can have life. Peter says to him, you will never go to the cross. I'll never let it happen. Do you know what he says to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. In other words, he said, listen, I know how to deal with my internal stuff and check you at the same time. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. I know how to deal with my internal fight and fight and get over my stumbling blocks. And for some of you, I need you to hear me clearly. You're not going to stumble in the next six the same thing you stumbled over the first six. I need you to say no stumbling blocks are in my way. Come on, say no stumbling blocks are in my way. And if you even look like you might be thinking about getting in my way, I'll tell you where to go. Get behind me, Satan. Some of y'all need to open up your mouth right now and say, get behind me, Satan. And for some of you, Satan lives in your house, but you have to tell that spirit, get behind me. For some of you, Satan is in your family, in your friends, in your relatives. You're going to have to say, get behind me. I stumbled over you in January. I stumbled over you in February. I stumbled over you in March. I stumbled over you in April. I stumbled over you in May. I may have stumbled over you in June, but come July. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I'm not stumbling in my next six months. So here's what we learned, that when God made us, he made us what? In his image and his likeness. We looked at Genesis 126, where it says, then God said, let us make man in our image. That's what seemed, and after our likeness. That's the substance. And God says, let them have dominion. That means run that. Somebody say, run that. We learned that, watch me, God made us to solve problems in the earth. It's on the screen, Jeremiah 1 and 5. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I what knew you. Look at this. Say, say he formed me. You, whenever you form something, that's because you have a specific intention for that thing in the first place. And for many of you, you keep comparing your forming to other people's forming, but you're not formed to do the same thing. See, you are formed to handle big stuff because, <laughs> because you've been ready to walk in big blessing. But don't not, do not compare yourself to other people who are formed to only handle little stuff. See, you'll look at them and say, God, they don't have to go through nothing. That's because they ain't doing nothing. <laughs> You'll look at them and say, God, it don't seem like they have any problems or obstacles to deal with. That's because they're not going to do anything significant but you. You are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You are the history maker in your bloodline. What does that mean? You got to deal with big old problems. But baby, that's because you're going to walk in big old blessing. Lay your hands on yourself and say, big old blessing, big old blessing. Stuff that blows your mind when you look at it. You say to yourself, God, how did you do this? How did you bring me to that? How did you get that done for me? God's going to say, because you dealt with some big mess and some big attitudes and some big problems and some big issues, but you overcame them. Somebody say, he formed me before I formed you in the womb. Now, then he formed you. Then, then number two, what did he do? He says, I knew you. In other words, God says, I know you. You ain't playing me. Mm. Sometimes you can get so twisted in your thinking that you'll think God doesn't know the real deal about you. I need you to hear me. He knows the real deal about you and still picked you anyhow. He knows the real deal about you and still wants you anyhow. He knows what you struggle with. He knows what your issues are. He knows what's on your mind right now. Mm. He knows the stuff that you try to hide from him. He knows the stuff that you try to run away from. And God says, you can run, but you cannot hide. You ain't going nowhere. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, God's got me. God's got me. God. You ain't going nowhere. That's why even when you tried to run, your past didn't want you no more. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Even when you tried to go back to certain people and certain relationships and certain situations, they didn't even want you anymore. Why? Because God says, I got you and I know you and you ain't going back. I need you to make this declaration and say, I'm not going backwards. Amen.
said, I'm going forward. He says, I knew you. Here it is. Then he says, I, or I formed you, number one. Then he says, I knew you. And then he says, before you were born, I what consecrated you. Consecrated you means, he, God says, I set you apart. I set you apart. He says, you will not, watch me, you're not going to find a whole lot of folk that you fit with. Because <laughs> I set you apart. And only other set-apart people understand set-apart people. See, some of y'all keep trying to be understood by people that ain't set apart. <laughs> and the reason they'll never understand just because they're not set apart. <laughs> oh, what do you mean I'm set apart? That means, uh-uh, don't mess with that. I'm about to use that. Y'all ain't going to send it to me. Don't, don't touch that. I'm going to use that. Don't mess with them. I'm going to use them. No, matter of fact, for some of you, there are certain people where you thought you were rejected and really you were protected. Because God set you over here and said, no, I ain't going to let you mess her up like you messed them other kids up. For some of you where you didn't have certain parents and certain family members in your life. I need you to hear me. That was not punishment. You got set apart. You got consecrated. God says, I ain't going to let your mama mess you up like she messed him up. I ain't going to let certain folk mess you up. Your daddy mess you up. Your cousin mess you up. Open up your mouth and say, I've been set apart. There are certain relationships you wanted, and God says they're not set apart like you. So because they're not set apart like you, they can't even mess with you. This is why they went ghost on you all of a sudden. Because right when you were trying to get bayed up and booed up, God said, uh-uh, no, they set apart. Don't mess with them. Don't touch them. Don't date them. Don't hug them. Don't kiss them. I'll never let you get close to what ain't for you. I'll never let you embrace what's not for you. Somebody say, he formed me. I'm about to say, he knew me. <laughs> Say he consecrated me. Here's the fourth thing. Then he said, I appointed you. In other words, God says, I have a position. There's something I need and I want for you to do. For Jeremiah, he says, you're going to be my mouthpiece to the nations. Now, consequently, Jeremiah, since you're going to speak to nations, your nation will hate you. Wherever your warfare is, that's an indication of where you are anointed. I'm going to back that thing up so you get it. Wherever your warfare is, that's an indication of where you've been appointed and anointed. What, what does that mean, Bishop? It sounds spiritual. Let me make it simple. See, appointed means do this. Anointed means your grace to do this. So wherever I see war, that means that's where, where I'm supposed to be. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I'm supposed to handle. See, the Israelites didn't like him, but that's because he was bigger than the Israelites. Shut up. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. But some of you, watch me, folk that you grew up with don't like you. That's because you're bigger than your neighborhood. That's because you're bigger than your zip code. See, Denver may not like you, but that's okay. We're bigger. We're bigger than one city. We're bigger than one zip code. We're bigger than one area. If you got somebody around you that ain't rejoicing, I need you to elbow them and make it hurt. I need you to say, I've been appointed. I, I've been appointed. You got certain folk on your job that don't like you. That's because you're bigger than the department. What they don't even understand is they better treat you nice because the promotion's coming for you. I heard you, Holy Ghost. On July 14, there's somebody, listen to me right now, where you're going to be called into the office and you're about to put over the same people you used to work with. <laughs> Say, he formed me. He knew me. He consecrated me. He appointed me. Now, this is what this is so, 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 very important. Because God makes us. Then life tries to remake us and break us. For Jeremiah, he's known as the weeping prophet. 
because his warfare makes him weep. And I need you to hear me. It's not supposed to be easy just because it's God. In fact, most of what's God is hard for regular people. It's just not hard for you. Why? Because he formed me. <laughs> Come on. Because he knew me. Because he consecrated me. Because he appointed me. See, you would have lost your mind. You would have literally taken your life. But that's because you ain't watch me. He didn't form you. He didn't know you. He didn't consecrate you. He didn't appoint you. Somebody say all four of them. That's what I am. God makes us. Then life tries to remake us and break us. And if you remember, we started this series and I had the mirror. Y'all remember that? I had the mirror. And then we begin to write on the mirror because you begin to see yourself dimly. You don't see yourself as he made you. You see yourself through the things you've had to experience. And then you remember I took a hammer and I broke the mirror. I said, Mr. Why aren't you showing it to us again? So you go back and look at that message called the making of a man. Now check this out. God makes us. Say he made me. Then life tries to remake you, and life tries to break you. So with Jeremiah, he's betrayed, and he's betrayed by his own. He's lied on, and he's lied on, watch me, by church folk. He, he's, he, he's, 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 he's treated in such a way that is beneath the dignity of his seat. <laughs> Come on. And Jeremiah says, God... I don't want to do this anymore. He says, matter of fact, I don't even want to say your name. Say your name. Say your name. I don't want to say it no more. Even if somebody is around me, I don't want to say I love you because it feels like you're playing games. He said, I don't want to say your name anymore. He says, I don't want to say it. And right when he's having the middle of a breakdown, he says, but you know what? Right when I said I couldn't take this no more. I heard a word that told me my next six was going to be better than my last six. Right when I said I can't take this no more. It's just like fire that shut up in my pump. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say there's a fire burning in me and it won't be quenched. Say it again. There's a fire burning in me and it won't be quenched. Listen. Job 14.1 says, man who was born of a woman has a, what, a few days and a, what, full of trouble. L- look at me. You do not have as much time as you think. You hear me? Three months ago, a little over three months ago, very few people in America had passed away from coronavirus. Now, over 125,000 in a hundred days or less. Please look at me. For those of you grieving, I speak peace to you. Shalom to you. But I need, trust me, if you're still in the land of the living, that's a warning to you. What's the warning? That any minute, it could be over. So watch me. If my days are few, I ain't finna waste them dealing with you if you ain't going nowhere. Let's go. If my days are few, I'm not arguing with you. I ain't fussing with you. I ain't fighting with you. If you ain't going with me, get the heck up out the seat. Get up off the bus because I got somewhere to go. If my days are few, I ain't playing with you. Say that. If my days are few, I ain't playing with you. Say it. If my days are few, I ain't playing with you. Some of y'all need to tell some folk after church, listen, I apologize for letting you waste my time. 
I apologize for getting upset with you and I know you ain't about nothing, ain't trying to do nothing, ain't trying to make nothing happen. You better take a page out of Anita Baker. I apologize to who? Myself. I apologize for letting me waste my days with you even though they're few. Man was born of a woman as of a few days. And, and look what's in these days. These days are full of trouble. Which means I'm not going to add trouble by keeping Aikens around me. What's an Aiken? Got to go back to Wednesday. An Aiken's name, what does his name mean? Trouble. <laughs> I'm not adding no trouble to the existing trouble. Some of y'all need to learn how to just look at somebody and say, I love you, but you are aching and you ain't causing me no more aching. I care about you, but you are aching and you ain't causing me no more aching. He says, you got a few days and they full of hell. So why in the heaven, hell, and earth? I got a fifth Sunday coming up somewhere. Would you add to trouble? Why would you hold on to folk? Why would you hold on to folk who literally only add to your trouble? And listen to me. I'm not talking about, because watch me. Do not confuse those that stretch you to be better as trouble. Trouble are people who are pulling you down to be worse. See, watch me, let me, because I need to be clear of this. Because see, some of y'all, you call folk that are trouble that aren't trouble. They're actually sent to make you triumph. And you hurt your help because you're like David. You hate who loves you and you love who hates you. See, watch me. Somebody that stretches you to be better, they're going to say, uh-uh, I ain't tolerating this. I require excellence. And it's funny because you'll get an attitude because you weren't excellent. Huh? No. Uh-uh, uh-uh. That, that, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is people who, what they do is they actually pull you down. What they do is, th is they, they, they literally bring trouble. And then you're like, God, why I got all this warfare? Because you won't get rid of Achan. And some of y'all already know, watch me, you know who your Achans are. Because when there's a problem, they're the first ones you think of. But I need you to make this declaration. Say, my next six, my next six. will be my best six so far. So, so listen, here it is. Let trouble then train you to be better. Let trouble train you to be better. You have a few days and they're full of trouble, so my trouble is training. Let me tell you one of the greatest things that can happen to you. You ready? When you're coming up, it's chicken pox. Why is chicken pox one of the greatest things that can happen to me? Because once you have it, watch me. Come here. Let's pretend like, listen, if I had the pox, chicken pox to be specific, because <laughs> it's another one. With, a, with another word in front of pox. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. If you've had chicken pox, uh, if you've had chicken pox, you have chicken pox, right? How many people you've had chicken pox, right? right? How many have chicken pox? Online, do the hand emoji if you had chicken pox. If you don't know what chicken pox is, I'm not talking about a chicken sandwich. I need you to keep living, right? Watch me. If I've had chicken pox, everybody look at me, and you got chicken pox, let me tell you what I've done is with my trouble trains me, I'm not afraid of you. Let me tell you how you're gonna defeat fear. Baby, I didn't already beat that. I've already overcome that. I've already dealt with Judas. Does he have any new moves? I've already dealt with hell. Somebody say, I already beat that. I, 
So, so I'm not going to mind if I rub up against you. I'm not going to mind. I won't fear you. I won't walk in anxiety. I won't walk in panic. Why? I've already had that. And for some of y'all, you need to be glad that you went through all of what you went through on the first half of your life. But this next half of your life, I prophesy to you, you're going to make up for every lost minute, every lost hour, every lost month, every lost amount of time. Somebody said, I've already beat that. Say, my trouble trained me. So we started with King Saul. King Saul in this series, he disobeys God's instructions given by Samuel, the man of God. How many times does he disobey? Two times. And he ends up taking his life and he loses the throne. And we went to the man that replaced him. His name was what? David. Today, we're going to finish with the 12 misfits that changed the world. Why are they misfits? See, they were formed to fit God's purpose. But they were misfits to the enemy's purpose. See, for some of y'all, I'm going to explain to you why you always been slightly. Because watch me, you are misfit to the mess of the world. You are misfit. You ain't no city girl. You ain't no video girl. You are misfit to the normal. You're not some whack man. You are a mighty man of valor. You are misfit to the world's way of doing it. God used 12 misfits to the world's way of doing things to change the world. Y'all ready? They were discovered, here it is, I might not get beyond this point. As Jesus began his three and a half years of public ministry after 30 years of preparation. Three and a half years of public ministry after 30 years of preparation. <laughs> Your silence is perplexing. He spent 30 preparing for three and a half. I need you to hear me, because some of y'all, you keep it's taking so long. If we just go off of the math of Jesus, you spend 10 times the amount preparing from when you actually own. Which means you better enjoy your preparation because it lasts longer than when you own. Some of you keep saying, as soon as this happens, as soon as, baby, you better enjoy it now because preparation is going to be the longest piece of the journey. Jesus, what did he learn in, 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 in 30 years of preparation? He learned, the Bible teaches us several things. He learned how to obey. He learned how to submit. He learned how to be bold. He learned how to walk in authority. He learned so many things. The Bible says, and he became, uh, uh, although he was a son, uh, he became obedient by the things which he suffered. So for 30 years, Jesus has to be trained. The Bible refers to him as a tecton, tecton, which means builder. People sometimes call it a carpenter, but the Bible does not relegate him to just a carpenter. It says he is a builder. Now, why is that significant? Because when you're a builder, I don't just know how to deal with things that are germane to carpentry. I know how to take nothing and turn it into something. In fact, my very nature is to look at a blank slate and see the future on it. Come on. My very nature is to look at something that other people would run away from and say, I don't know where to start. And say, I know exactly where to start. It's because I've been starting since before there was a start. In the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. Which means God had an idea to do something that had never existed. But because he pre-existed existence, he says, I will create something because it is in my nature to tecton. It is in my nature to build, which means some of you need to be excited that you don't have anything to start with because God's given you an opportunity to show in you the you that's in him. 
I'm going to say it another way. He's giving you an opportunity to see the him that's in you because you're about to do what he does. You're about to take a blank sheet of paper and you're about to write the rest of your life out. Y'all ain't talking to me. You're about to take nothing and turn it into something. You are literally about to tectom the rest of your decade and the next six months of this year. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I'm grateful that there's nothing. Say, I'm grateful. So he says, I take a white sheet of paper. He says, and I just decide what I want it to be. And it starts with my thoughts, because as a man thinks, so is he. So he thought it, then he spoke it, then he saw it. Which is why you have to be careful with your thoughts, because your thoughts become your words, and your words become your world. And some of you lay your hands on yourself and say, Lord, give me the grace to take my thoughts captive. I need you to speak stuff like this. Say, I have everything I need. How do I have it? Because it's in me. My trouble trained me. I may not know how to get it done, but I know, watch me, I may not know how to do it, but I know how to get it done. What does that mean? I may not have the skill, but I know how to get on the phone with somebody that has the skill. I may not have the skill, but I know how to Google it. I may not have the skill, but I know how to YouTube it. Are you here? He spends 30 years getting ready for three and a half. Please look at me. He spends 30 years getting ready for three and a half. I'm going to say it a third time because I need you to catch that if you don't maximize your preparation, you will be bitter, you will be angry, you will be frustrated. You will feel like life isn't working, not realizing you're supposed to prepare on average 10 times the amount of time you're going to rain. For three years, he was on the scene, but for 30 years, nobody knew his name. For three and a half years, he was the talk of the region. But for 30 years, nobody knew who he was. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? Listen, I don't need you to try to keep up with anybody else. I just need you to maximize your preparation. Say, Lord, I'm maximizing my preparation. So here's what he did. He, he built a dream team. Dream team is a term coined by Sports Illustrated when the NBA supplied 12 players from the 1992 USA Olympic basketball team. They were not perfect men. Uh, one of those men was Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson had just revealed to the world that he had an illness that they said was incurable. It's funny to me because he's still alive. <laughs> and in case you don't know, he's a believer who's active in his pastor's church, supports his pastor's vision, follows what his pastor's instructions are, is the top giver to his pastor. No wonder he got healed. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me right there. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? I don't care what they uh, what they diagnose. I'm here to tell you we serve a God that's got the power to reverse him. I don't care what they say you're gonna struggle with your whole life. We believe in a Jesus that can reverse it. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say nothing is impossible. <laughs> watch me. Jesus takes 12 young men who had, watch me, who had been rejected. How do you know they've been rejected? Because in the Hebrew culture, if you weren't good enough to apprentice a rabbi, they would say, go do your father's trade. They said, let me make it practical. In church, if you weren't good enough to follow the man of God, the man of God would say, mm -mm, go on out there and, 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 and do something out there. Go work customer service. Go do something else. Go, go do something else because, because, because you don't have what it takes to do this for me. In, now watch me, watch me. In doing that, 
what that would say to them is they would say, go do your father's trade. In other words, here's what they would relegate you to. You will be just like the generation before you. So when the man of God, please listen to me, drew you close, it was an indication that God had decided you weren't going to be like your bloodline. And for some of you, that's amazing news. Because while you love your bloodline, you don't want to repeat the mess and the drama and the junk of your bloodline. Let me speak to my dream team for just a moment. You better be thankful that you were drawn close. Because that's an indication that God says you're not going to be like those before you. But they were rejected. The, the rabbis would say, go do your father's trade. Go be like them. Not only would they do that, watch me, not only did they reject it, they were disappointed. And they had given up hope for what their lives would be. Bishop, how do you know they had given up hope for what their lives would be? It's very, very simple. Because of how quickly they dropped what they were doing to follow him. If what you're doing is amazing, you don't drop it that quickly. Peter and him had a fishing business. If your business is doing that well, you don't drop it to go follow a man that you just met. I need you to catch that. What does that tell us? They were in a hopeless place. Let me see if I can say it another way. They were dead men walking. Let me see if I can say it another way. They were going through the motions of life because life had made them emotional. They had given up hope for what their lives would be. And Jesus spends, please hear me, three and a half years remaking them. You missed me already. Jesus spends 30 years preparing. So that those three and a half years are powerful. To them, he says, you don't have that much time. You're going to have to catch, listen to me, you're going to have to get my 30 years of preparation in three and a half years. I need you to catch me. Because some of you, you're like, oh my God, it's so much at one time. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. It's so overwhelming. Shut up. Bishop, that's real strong what you're saying. I know, I just, I need to be strong so you get it. I just, I just need some more time. Shut up. It's just so much. Shut up. Can I get everybody to get a shut up anointing and put that on the screen? Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Jesus said, I spent 30 so that all you have to do is do what I say. And it ain't going to take you 30. Uh-oh. It's going to take you 10 less times or 10 times less than it took me. In other words, if you will pay attention to what I'm telling you, what took me 30 years to get, you're going to get in three and a half. What does that mean? For some of you, watch me. God says, not only is it manifestation time, but not only, watch me, are all things new, but watch me, it's time to accelerate. It ain't going to take that long. I need you to just draw your arm down like that. Say, let's accelerate. Come on, y'all. Say it again. Say, let's accelerate. He says, he says, if you'll just listen to me, if you'll follow me, you'll get 30 years of experience in three and a half. And this is the problem many Christians have. is because you don't want to listen, you want to be listened to. You don't want to understand, you want to be understood. You don't want his truth, you want people to hear your truth. Notice, Jesus never, it's never recorded. Where he spends time saying, tell me about what you've been through. Tell me about what you went through. Tell me about, Jesus is like, look, I already know. Listen to what I'm telling you. And all of that will make sense. Please look at me. Listen to what I'm telling you. And what you've been, listen, Peter, I don't have time to sit up here and listen to 12 men tell me everything they've been through. 
what you need to know is I'm equipped to get you ready. Hear me, Harvest. The reason we come to church, you're like, I just would like to just tell everybody what I've been through and had testimony service. That's nice, but we don't have time for that all the time. Sometimes you just need to say, listen, if I come and listen to the word, the word is going to make sense of what I've been through. Some of you, you all, please, please hear me, please hear me and hear me with love. Sometimes you are so busy trying to get your story out that you don't realize he's trying to make your story make sense. And that doesn't mean you don't share your testimony. No, what it means is certain times it's time to talk, but majority of the time it's time to listen. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I'm a listener. Uh-huh. That's why you got one mouth and two ears. It's a, it's a, it's a prophecy. Listen two times as much as you talk. Because when you talk, sometimes you say stuff and you're only saying it based on where you've been, not where you're being prepared to go. Y'all with me? So let's look. Let's go to Mark 3 and 13. I'm almost done. Mark 3 and 13. Mark 3 and 13. Y'all ready? And he went up on the mountain and called those to him whom he desired. That's deep. Say he desired them. They came from the crowd, which means he saw something about them that was different than the crowd. What did he see? Maturity. Not perfection, but maturity. Because he knew, I'm going to have three and a half years, which means this is going to have moments where it's a little rough for you. And the roughness is because you're going to think you know more than who you've been set under. Quiet in the church. He says, listen, I need you to, I'm calling you 12 close to me because you're mature enough to handle what they can't handle. Somebody said, he handpicked me. And they came to him. What does that mean? You won't finish where he found you. He finds them in the crowd, but he pulls them close to the inner circle. So for a moment, they looked like they were going to be one of the hundreds and the thousands that followed Jesus. And then all of a sudden, now they are one of the 12 that are leading hundreds and thousands. I need you to say, say, I, come on, say it. I won't finish where he found me. Verse 14 of Mark chapter 3. And he appointed 12, whom he also named apostles. So there are more than 12. Let me just give you some clarity here. There are more than 12 disciples. Okay? There's thousands of disciples. Disciples mean students, disciplined students. There are 12 ruling apostles. What does that mean? Acts chapter 1 calls them bishops. These are those 12. There were more than 12 apostles because apostles comes from the Greek word apostello, which means to send. Well, we see several times he sent them two by two to go. And so we know that there were many apostles or sent ones. There were only 12 that got to run that. Everybody look at me. Which means if you are not a good follower first, you will never qualify to be a great leader. You want to call shots, but you don't, watch me, but you don't take them. You want to give plays, but you don't follow the plays you've been given. And this is, you need to learn this lesson because, listen, you can only be trusted to the level of leadership to which your fellowship matches. For some of you, let me tell you where you haven't been promoted is because God saw on you that you don't have a spirit to follow. You have a spirit, watch me, listen, you have a spirit to try to run, but watch me, you can't be ran. So your promotions evade you. They evade you because they see the real you. Ooh, but I need to, you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, but I am following well. Come on, make the declaration. And he appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him. Question, it's on the screen. Do you want to be with them or him? Because in that moment when he calls them to himself, 
Now you got to make a choice. The choice is, do I like being part of the crowd where they don't have responsibilities? Or do I want to take advantage of the access? Not take advantage in a negative way. Do you want them or him? Everybody look at me. There are choices you will be confronted with that answer this question. When God is trying to pull you in, and how does he pull you in? He gives you additional responsibility. You know, I just want to be close to Jesus, but you carry no weight. You're not close to Jesus. You're close to an imaginary friend. If Jesus pulls you close, it's because he, pull, he pulled you close to carry something. Y'all better hear what I just said. If Jesus pulls you close, he pulls you close to carry something, not just sit there and be close. I need you to hear me, Christians. Because I just want to be more like the Lord. Well, then he's going to make you carry more. I just want to be close to Jesus. He's going to make you carry more, which means I got to carry more than the crowd. And watch me. I can't complain that he don't treat me like the crowd because I'm no longer part of the crowd. He called me close. And if he called me close, I got to carry something. Lay your hands on yourself and say, you're carrying something. Responsibility. So do you want him or them? This is, this is, this is the real question. He says, that y'all might be with me. Y'all can't be with the crowd. Can't move the crowd. Look at me. If Jesus pulls you closer, he's giving you responsibility. If he's giving you responsibility, you can't be with the crowd. It's quiet right there. You got to pick what you want. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. You ready? Okay, I got to move. Look, and he might send them out to preach. That's a natural thing. And have authority to cast out demons. That's a supernatural thing. He says, so when I pull you close, I'm giving you responsibility. I'm giving you natural responsibilities and supernatural responsibilities. If I look at me, which means you're going to deal with natural warfare and supernatural warfare. I need you to catch that. You're going to have to deal with the natural stuff that comes with the responsibilities I give you. But you are also going to have to deal with the supernatural stuff that comes with the responsibilities I give you. What does that mean? If you got the authority to tell evil spirits what to do, evil spirits are going to try to shut you up, silence you. They're going to try to visit you. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. They're going to try to shut you down. They're going to try to stop you. They're going to try to make you ineffective. Watch me. They're going to try to make you think your life is just worth taking rather than keeping. So watch. I'm pulling you close. When I pull you close, I give you responsibility. Now, responsibility is natural. Say natural and spiritual. Say spiritual. He said, so you're implied in the statement is so you're going to deal with natural stuff that just comes with it. In other words, he says, listen, naturally, you being close to Jesus is going to make people want to get close to you because they can't get close to him. He says, so don't confuse the attention that you get from being close to Jesus as attention that people actually have for you. Not because you're not a person of value or worth, but watch me, but simply because you are a target to get to him. Because if you smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. So what I got to do is get who's close to the shepherd so that I can get the sheep. You hear? Watch. Then, watch me, cast out demons. Supernatural. Say supernatural. In other words, he says, some of what you deal with, you're going to be like, this is a beast. This ain't no punk. You're going to be feeling amazing one moment, <laughs> driving down the street. And then all of a sudden, 
is going to blow in your car. And let me prophesy to you. Let me tell you where it's been. And right up in here, you're going to feel. Because that thing's trying to rest on you. Oh, but I need you to listen to me today. I need you to say, I rebuke the enemy. Say, I rebuke the enemy. Offer me now. Say, I rebuke him out of my house. I rebuke him out of my car. Come on. Say, I tell the enemy, back off. Resist the devil and he will flee. Because you're about to change the world. And I need you to know you're going to deal with natural stuff and supernatural stuff at the same time. Look at verse 16. I got to finish. He appointed the 12. Simon. Simon's name, if you look on the screen, you know his name means snub nose. That means he's prideful. He gave the name Peter. Peter means rock solid. <laughs> look at this. Remember, life tries to remake us and break us after Jesus has already made us. So how many years did he spend remaking them? Three and a half. Everybody look at me. Stop being mad that you haven't changed in four days. I prayed that I would never have that issue again, and Bishop, I got it, I had it again. Bishop, I don't even know what's going on. I'm just, I'm just, I don't even know what's going on. Look, if walking with God directly took three and a half years, and you still didn't have it all together, I need you to say it. Let's go here. I may not be where I want to be, but I can thank God that I'm not where I... I need you to type it on the screen. I'm not where I used to be, 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 not where I used to be. It's going to take a little time. Old school you would have cut somebody. Celebrate progress. Now you only cussed them out. That's progress. I'm just joking. I'm just... Stop that. <laughs> Don't be cussing folk out. Don't be doing that, y'all. I'm just joking. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> Look, why does the Bible take the time to tell us this? It's showing you their remake. Why didn't it just say Peter if Peter was his final name? Because you need to know he didn't start that way. He says, this Mark started as an arrogant, pompous bastard. Was a bastard, a fatherless child. He's got a daddy, but he acts like he doesn't. And then by the time I was done with him, he was solid. Solid as a rock. <laughs> I need you to say, I'm becoming. Come on, y'all. Then James. James means supplanter the son of Zebedee, the gift of God. Everybody look at me. Supplanter, um, James is the Greek version of Jacob. Jacob in the scripture, sometimes people say he's a trickster, but supplanter doesn't mean that. Supplanter means, supplanter means that, watch me, he re turn around, face this way. Supplanter means he reached forward to take somebody else's place. So in the womb, when him and his brother in the womb, the scripture records that as they're getting ready to come out, Jacob and Esau, what does Jacob do? Jacob says, wait a minute. He said, look, we didn't been in here for nine plus months. I'm ready to go. See, some people call you aggressive just because you don't want to settle. 
Some people say you're arrogant and you're bougie because you don't want to settle. No, you better call me a supplanter. I'm not putting up with that mess. I have been through too much hell to die like this. I've been through too. Who am I preaching to? Just because you want to stay where you at, don't you judge me because I don't want to. He supplants. He says, ah, let me get that. Ooh, I pray you don't let somebody supplant what's supposed to be for you. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I'm grabbing what God has ordained for me. Huh? Could it be that God wanted to see if Jacob would fight for what was going to be Esau's? Okay, let me move. I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. Look, the supplant to the son of Zebedee. It's a gift of God. So, 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 so then John, I'm going to move fast which means the grace of God. So, so we got James, the son of Zebedee. He's a gift. He's a gift of God. And he fights to pull forward. Here's the lesson there. Be careful that when you're, not, that when you're trying to pull forward, that you don't pull others down. Because you will lie, you will cheat, you will steal. Because you didn't get what you wanted, you'll try to destroy somebody else. Be careful. See, there's the warning. So what is that telling us about James? He's like, James, God's got some gifts for you. Just don't pull other people down to get it. You, you ain't got to talk about nobody. You ain't got to lie on nobody. You ain't got to skis and whoremonger around. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You don't have to do that because God says, listen, it's okay for you to want more and to pull and to want to pull forward, but don't pull others down. Somebody say, I build people up. I don't pull them down. Come on. Say it like you mean it. Harvest, we got to be a church digitally and physically in Denver and Atlanta where we are not a people that pull another down, but baby, we will lift others up. John, the grace of God. Say, say the grace of God. And the brother of James, who he gave the name, uh, uh, which translates to the sons of thunder. So, so now we've got, we've got uh, 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 John. Uh, he's the brother of James. So now we got James, and we got another James and John, and they are sons of thunder. Here's the problem with thunder. Is that thunder is an indication that there's rain. Thunder is also an indication that there might be lightning. Thunder makes a lot of noise, but sometimes you don't see its results. Catch it. So what is he telling you he had to do to remake them? He said, y'all say a whole lot, but y'all don't do a whole lot. Y'all, but you ain't got no bite. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, my, t my walk is going to be greater than my talk. Why does he tell you all of this about them? He's showing you how he had to remake them. He said, you're sons of thunder. And thunder is an indication there may be lightning, but normally you hear thunder. And I don't, when I hear thunder, I love it because I like the rain. So when I hear thunder, I'm like, yes. And some of y'all old school, you hear thunder, you're like, turn the TV off so it don't. <laughs> all right, let's check the room. Let's check online. How many of y'all, you still turn your TV off when the thunder come on? Do the hand wave it, my God. Lord, deliver the saints of God. Your TV is not going to go out. <laughs> and some of y'all super old school. Turn them lights off, too. You're going to bring the lightning down to the house. 
Everybody sit still, don't nobody move. You kids come on the living room, sit down, it's thunder. It's nap time. Some of y'all parents just use it for nap time. You need to be honest about what you're doing. I, I gotta finish, I'm out of time. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, verse 18. Andrew, Andrew's name means courage. Courage, watch me, you can have the heart but not have the habit. You can get all hyped up in the back, and then when it's time to do it, you can be Mufasa in the back, and when it's time to do it, Philip, Philip means warlike. Specifically, it translates to lover of horses, a lover of war. Philip likes to fight. The problem with being a Philip is that you will see everything as a fight. Everything will be a fight. So-and-so didn't say good morning to you. Uh, listen, you didn't say good morning to me? You saw me walk past. You didn't say good morning to me? No, you should have said good morning. That's rude. But Philip, but Philip, Philip is, Philip is ready. Philip has got weapons drawn. Everybody look at me. All of us have a little bit of Philip in us that we, got, that we need the Lord to remake. How do you know? Because you are ready to cut folk without having concluded based on facts. You literally think something and have concluded that. Uh-uh. See, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And you don't even know nothing. Then when you go talk to them, you find out, oh. Well... Y'all bet I will throw this microphone through this doggone screen if y'all sit there lying to me like that. Philip shoots first, asks questions later. Philip then, everybody laying on the ground. Now, what did you say? You can't get answers from a corpse. And if you saw the movie Bad Boys, you already know what we're talking about. Martin was trying to talk and Will was shooting everybody. Martin had to tell Will, listen, we can't get answers from people you didn't Philip. I need you to lift over your hand and say, Lord, deliver me from Philip. See, you need to know how to fight, but every fight isn't to be fought by you. It's some stuff you need to just keep on riding your horse and say, that ain't my problem over there. You ain't pulling me into that mess. Because I'm on a horse, which means some fights I got to get low and get on a dog. And I don't. I ain't coming down there to fight with you. I, I got I to move. And Bartholomew. Bartholomew means plowman. Plowman. That means he digs trenches. He's a worker. Here's the problem when you are a worker. Is you will replace worship with work. Lord, look at all of what I'm doing for you. Come on, lift your hands. No, no, that, that's, that's, that's what Bartholomew does. No, 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 put him down. I'm, I'm saying, I'm giving you an example. Y'all ready to, in this building, they were. So here's what you do. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. You think it's either or, not both. You think it's either or, not both. And somebody says it's both. So listen, you, you will, you will, your work is worship. Your work for the Lord is worship. But worship doesn't replace the work, and work doesn't replace the worship, even though they're both the same. Did you catch that? See, my work is, my work for the Lord is worship to the Lord. 
My worship to the Lord is my work for the Lord. But they are still separate. Which means when it's time to lift my hands, listen, that doesn't mean it's time for everybody else to do it but me. Because I think that since I served him today, I don't need to lift my hands to him today. Where everybody else shouting, it ain't time for me to shout. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. <laughs> I got to move. I'm out of time. Matthew means gift from God. Say Matthew. Matthew, his occupation was a tax collector. So Matthew now is doing an occupation that's hated. But even though people hate him, it's a gift what he does. Some of you won't be liked because people don't like that you get to do what you get to do. They won't like it because you, well, why she get to sing this song? And why she get to do that? And why he get to do that? And why they get to do this? And why they get to do that? And why so-and-so get to do that? And why so-and-so get to do that? Listen, what, what you do may be hated, but, what you, but watch me. But what you do is a gift. I got to move. Thomas means twin and leader. Oh, my God. Here's the thing about Thomas. Uh, uh, so, so, so Thomas is a twin, but the word Thomas also means to lead. Which means the significance about Thomas is how God had to remake him. Was Thomas, you will often be like, um, you will become like another. And in you becoming like another, watch me, you've got to be careful that it does not make you stop being a leader. A leader means to be in the forefront. Sometimes you're so busy trying to be like everybody else that you forget you've been called from the crowd. Let me speak to every leader in, in this church. Hear me. You were called from the crowd on purpose. If you ain't going to do nothing but be like the crowd, we need to call another. Not just here, that's anywhere. On your job. If you want to be like the crowd, then we need to call another. Because Thomas, you're twinning, but you're twinning after the wrong one. You want to be accepted instead of lead. You want to please them instead of please who you're supposed to please, which is who called you from the crowd in the first place. <laughs> and James, the son of Alphaeus, that means changing. What does his remake? Is he's always changing, but change doesn't mean evolution. See, change can be changed, but it can be changed for the worse. Evolution, you always change for the better. You can never go back to what you were. Can I finish this? Thaddeus, Thaddeus, you got heart. <laughs> That's what it means. You got heart, Thaddeus. You, 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 what does that mean? You got, you got a firm mind. You got a firm mentality. Here's the problem with that, Thaddeus. You're also hard-headed. You got a firm mind, but you're hard-headed. So this is how God has to remake him. And Simon the Zealot, that means you're a fanatic. Look at the first part of that, fan. Fans, watch me, fans are inconsistent if their team is losing. That's why you've heard the term fair weather fan. So what does God have to do? He says, I need you not just to be a fanatic. He says, I need you to actually be committed. The test of your commitment, Simon the Zealot, is going to be when I'm gone. How do you act when you're not around me? That's the true test of what you're committed to. Let me wrap this thing up. And Judas. Hmm? Notice, Judas is last. Say last. last. Judas means peephole in the door. Judas, everybody look at me. Judas is the saddest of the 12. He's the saddest of the 12 because Judas had an opportunity to change, but he didn't. 
He didn't value that he was called from the crowd. And everybody listen to me. Let me teach you a principle about life. When you decide to have people walk closely with you, you need to make sure they are not there to do surveillance. Because some people, watch me, what they are sent to do, they, they, watch me, they work for the CIA, not, 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 not the Central Intelligence Agency, no, uh, no, 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 but the crazy intelligence agency. Their whole purpose in your life is to find out everything and anything about you. To then immediately go run tell at about you. He's a peephole. What does that mean? He's trying to see stuff. What did he do for Jesus? He handled the money. Okay, I have so much revelation there, I can't. Why does Jesus allow him to handle the money? Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So if I let you handle my money, I'll see the real you. I see you more quickly when I see what you do with your money than what comes out of your mouth. This is too much for Sunday at 9.15. His last name is Iscariot, son of Iscariot, which means traitor. Traitor. Look at me. There are certain people who you keep in your life that have committed treason. Traitor. You're supposed to be on Team America, but you're on Team Russia. I just picked two random countries. And how do we know you're on that team? Because you know what that team is doing against the team you're supposed to be on. But you're still hanging out with that team. And anybody that is a friend to your enemies has just revealed they are your enemy. Well, you don't understand. It's different. No, it's not. It's treason. And that's okay. That's okay. Out of all of these 12, he's the only one that doesn't make it. Why? Because when you commit treason, you have to play to both sides. Ooh, God, come on, I got to quit. Y'all get this enough, I tell you, I got to quit. You have to play to both sides. You got to be over here, and then you got to flip and be over here. This side going to tell you stuff, and then this side going to tell you stuff. And now you're trying to be an arbiter of sides. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. He's the only one that doesn't make it. And I got to wrap this up. And here's how I'm going to wrap this up. Romans 8, 28. Say, God remade them. Say it again. Say, he remade them. He remade them all except Judas. Everybody look at me. There are certain people you cannot help. And you have to be okay with that. There are certain people that are not going to listen. You have to be okay with that. Just be grateful that's not you. <laughs> Lay your hands on yourself. Say, Lord, don't let me be Judas. Don't let me. Say, don't let me be Iscariot. Don't let me be. 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 Don't let me be that. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to what? His purpose. What did he do? He called them from the crowd. So in that three and a half years and even beyond that, what happened? All things worked together. For those, here it is, he foreknew. Say, he knew me. 
Where did we learn that and hear that already today? Jeremiah chapter 1. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. So somebody said, this is talking about me. He also predestined you to be conformed to the image of his son. Stop. He puts 12 around Jesus and says, no, learn me. Learn to be like me. So you can be conformed to my image because I made you. Life tried to break you and remake you. So I'm going to bring you close to me so that you can be in my image. You're going to see you in me. Come on, I got to quit. In order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Here's the shouting verse. Y'all ready to shout? Here's the shout. Verse 30. And those whom he predestined. Somebody say, he has a player. He also picked. Somebody say, he chose me. And those whom he called, he also justified. Say, he's perfecting me. And those whom he justified, he, already, he also glorified. Say, he's promoting me. I need you to catch these four Ps. Here it is. Plan, picked, perfected, promoted. Go. 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 Plan, picked, perfected, promoted. I came to tell somebody. God has been using your quarantine to, to, to show the plan, to show you he picked you. He's been perfecting you. But I got an announcement for Harvest Church. We're the number four now. He's about to glorify. Somebody said, I'm being promoted. What does that mean? You didn't graduate from certain fights, graduated from certain issues, graduated from certain problems, graduated, shot on being promoted. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All of those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, 
I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.